Hello and welcome to The Coworking Club, a podcast for female business owners who want to work for themselves, not by themselves. I'm your host Jessica Berry and each week I'll be chatting to a new guest all about the realities of running your own business, sharing tips and tricks for dealing with the loneliness and isolation that comes with working from home, as well as discussing the benefits of building community through co-working. So what are you waiting for? Come and join the club. Hello, hello. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Coworking Club. I am super excited to be sharing another guest interview with you today. So let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced a disappointing launch in your business? You know the ones where you feel like you are shouting from the rooftops about your new product or service, but the signups just aren't coming. I'm pretty confident that most of us probably have, and it's a much more common thing than you think. But it's just that as business owners, we maybe choose not to talk so openly about these experiences. And as a result, we only seem to see the six-figure launches and the sellout group programs, which isn't particularly helpful. To open up the conversation around this topic, I'm welcoming mentor and content writer Michelle Gately back to the podcast. You might remember that I first spoke to Michelle back in 2019 after she had first moved over to the UK, but a lot has happened since then, including her building up her content mentoring business, navigating a pandemic, and most recently returning to Australia. In a recent Instagram Live, Michelle opened up about how a launch she did earlier this year didn't go as well as she had hoped and how it had a huge impact on her self-confidence. So I wanted to get her on the podcast to chat more about her experiences. In today's episode, I chat to Michelle all about how to pick yourself back up after experiencing a disappointing launch and what steps to take next in your business. Why opening up on this topic is so important in order to create a more realistic expectations when it comes to launching in your own business, as well as why it doesn't always come down to mindset when evaluating an unsuccessful launch. I so appreciated Michelle's vulnerability in this episode and I really hope that this transparent look at the realities of launching is helpful for any of you who might have been through or currently going through similar experiences as well. So without further ado, here is the conversation. Hi Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Such a pleasure to see you again and thank you so much for asking me to join the podcast. You're so welcome. I think you're my first guest from the other side of the world. So we are chatting at very different times of the day, but it's lovely to catch up. Yes, it's so nice. It's so (laughs) nice. I miss you guys so much. (laughs) Oh, me too, me too. So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your career history so far and the background behind your business in case anyone doesn't know who you are? Yes, so hi, I am Michelle and I trained as a journalist, had 
literally no plan ever to do any marketing whatsoever. So very like news focused. And I actually worked as a reporter in my hometown where we're living again now in regional Queensland for five years. And then when I had met my partner, I really wanted to move overseas do two years in the UK. So we did that, which is where I met you and <laughs> fellow in-person co-working clubbers back in the day. <laughs> so that was really nice. Obviously, could have been nicer without COVID, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. <laughs> and over my time in the UK, basically, I was incredibly lucky that my partner had a full-time job and he sort of said like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was really burnt out after working in news. Because my skills were more transferable, we decided to move wherever he could get his job because he's like does maintenance and mechanical engineering. So he needed something that was skilled. And that's how we ended up in Chesterfield in the Midlands, which I loved. And that was our home for two years. And basically, I decided to try and turn what had been a blog and a hobby for several years by that point into a business, I hired a business coach and started looking at like how I could turn my skills into a business, into a service-based business. And over a pretty long evolution (laughs) of different jobs and different things within my business, I'm at the point now where I work with small business owners who have like creative or value-led businesses, help them with their marketing through story-focused and creative online content um, that feels really like authentic and feels like it flows within their business. And, you know, that can encompass things like blog posts, podcasting, email marketing, all that fun stuff. So yeah, that's where I am now. It's sort of all my different interests and different things that I was doing have come together. And now I just sort of say, you know, helping small businesses with their content marketing. Perfect. Wrapped up very nicely there with a little bow. (laughs) You've got that down. (laughs) So something that you opened up recently about on an Instagram live and the reason I kind of asked you to come on to the podcast today was you spoke about a launch that you did this year and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. So do you want to open up a little bit more about that experience and share a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so nervous to share this (laughs) because I'm also like generally such a perfectionist and like a, what I would say, like a really high achieving person. I don't like not meeting a standard that I've set for myself, but I do think it's important to share. And I know we're going to talk about that a little later as well. But yeah, I feel really nervous um, sharing this because it felt like such a huge failure at the time. Um, So I had developed a group training slash mentoring program for small business owners and actually um, I would say maybe half and half small business owners and other people who wanted to create a podcast that had some sort of like real value behind it and if they weren't already a small business owner, they wanted to turn their blog into a business. So they were looking into the future with that. So It was my third time launching it at the start of this year, keeping in mind that I had already sort of changed the the thing from a group program to a one-on-one program because in my second launch, I'd only got one person who signed up and like that was a hard enough hit. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did 
you know, spoke to a few people who hadn't wanted to join up and the consensus seemed to be that they'd prefer one-on-one training. So I sort of changed the program a little bit and was ready to relaunch at the start of 2021 before we moved back to Australia. Because in case I didn't make that clear earlier, we lived in the UK for two years and now we're back in Australia. So Mm -hmm. I was going to try and do it before we moved home in May. And I should say too that my client who signed off in the second round, like even though I only had one client, she was so lovely. She was the perfect fit for who I envisaged helping with this program. And it was just wonderful. And, you know, she launched her her podcast and just did such an amazing job. Like it was wonderful. So I sort of thought, yes, I know that this can help. And I'd seen people launch their podcast and was so excited. And I planned out all my content. I, you know, Uh, did like lead up content and I planned out like a free training series and I had all the email sequences set up and I had you know everything sort of in place that we're told to to launch things successfully and you know the free training itself when I ran it seemed really well received everyone was saying how helpful it was and you know I'd been mindful not to give too much away so you know I'd sort of built it up as the sort of the first step and then if you want to keep doing this want to take the next step with your podcast and actually make it, then, you know, here's how you can work with me. And I had crickets. (laughs) There was nothing. I did have a few discovery calls and I think they're really important because I think that, and you probably agree, it's really important to have that good fit where people feel like they can ask you extra questions and just get to know you a bit, feel like they click with you. Um, So I always offer discovery calls and I would much prefer to do that, you know, as someone if I'm investing money and also like just for me to know that I'm working with someone who is going to take on board things that I say, isn't Mm going to have different expectations from what the course can provide and everything like that. But then I was just ghosted by those people and I was just like, okay, what now? What do I do? Obviously, I was very stressed generally because we were getting ready to move internationally, which is not easy, especially during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so like everything was at odds because I'd had so many comments. And I don't say this to like talk myself up at all. I'm literally the last person. This is probably what my problem is. (laughs) I'm the last person to talk myself up about these things. But I'd had a lot of lovely comments from people I was close to and also people who'd taken part saying, oh, wow, that was your content was amazing. It was so helpful. It looked like your marketing was so good. Like this must be going so well. And in the background, there was just nothing. And I was like, well, it might look like that, but I have no money. Like, and it wasn't just, you know, like we were facing huge bills trying to come home. And I had really hoped that, you know, if I were to even just get three or four or five people, like I wasn't expecting much from from myself, mm-hmm. really. I had low expectations of myself. I thought that that would, that would be wonderful. That would be great to get us through the time when I essentially wouldn't be able to work for you know, a good four or five months. And there were probably two and a half months where my partner didn't work either. So it just would have given us that extra safety blanket of knowing that we didn't have to borrow money from family and friends, which thankfully we didn't have to, but it was such a stressful time. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, that sort of pressure doesn't help your mindset necessarily going into a launch. 
But at the same time, like, if this is our full-time business, it's how we're meant to make money, right? So I just sort of, I was like, I don't know what to do now. And I genuinely was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, it feels like everything I've done so far has failed. Um, And to be quite honest with you, I felt so much anger as well. Mm. Like, I was angry just at the universe that I put in all this effort and I got nothing in return. Like it was just those sort of raw emotions. And I don't like, it feels, you know, sort of taboo to even say I was angry because I just feel like it's emotion that we don't talk about very much as women anyway, but I do have a tendency to get angry about a lot of things. (laughs) So (laughs) that is part of my personality. And, you know, like I was angry seeing all these people who I look up to and thinking, well, how come it works for them and not for me? Like what is, and it, it was very much like, well, what is wrong with me that I can't sell something that, and there was this huge disconnect between all the positive feedback I'd had from people that I'd worked with mm-hmm. saying this was amazing, this changed my life, I'm so happy, I would recommend it to anyone. And then me being like, what am I not getting across mm-hmm. to tell people this? like what is the problem and I just didn't know and I guess you know like when you see big brands and stuff they have whole teams that work on this and we're just here like trying to be like I'm trying to do everything myself um and then of course like aside from the anger there was of course so much self-doubt like just spiraling anxiety of you know should I do this anymore am I any good at this I was so disappointed in myself that I'd not been able to get that extra income that would have really helped taken the pressure off both me and Jack while he you know when he finished his job so Mm -hmm. I felt like a lot of guilt and disappointment in letting down my relationship as well like outside the business of like which he never ever said or felt at all but that was I felt like I was letting down our partnership I wasn't bringing in any money and Mm -hmm. It just felt terrible. And then, yeah, just like all the effort and thinking, oh, my God, well, could I have been doing other work because I could I have been trying to get other clients? Like I could have been doing so much when I was there planning for this launch. It was just a big bundle of emotions, <laughs> really. Yeah, I can sense that. And I think so many people will be relieved to hear this conversation because recently I've had some of these moments as well. And I don't know what it is about the past six months something seems to have shifted and I don't know if last year so 2020 like when everyone was in lockdown I don't know whether that's given us you know a heightened perception of how well things go in business because it it seems strange to say but you know 2020 was a really good year for me and my business because I was able to launch the online club there was so much interest so much demand for it And then this year, it seems to have really kind of slipped off the mountain. And and it's just not the same landscape, I don't think, that it was last year. And we're all struggling and, you know, trying to adapt to that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard a lot from, you know, product-based businesses and stuff as well that launches aren't going as planned. I know a couple of people who have shared saying that, you know, their launches haven't gone as planned. And I really do appreciate that honesty from people that I look up to. There are people who I saw who had either run programs saying that they got fewer enrollments mm-hmm. or who had decided not to run group programs that they had planned. And I think that we do have to sort of see those things. 
because it definitely feels like when you're in the middle of it, you're like, well, no one is, everyone else is doing better than me. No one else is this bad at business. Like everyone else has money coming in. Everyone else like, you know, can actually pay themselves money. Like, meanwhile, I was like, how am I going to pay for my website to keep renewing? Like it just, Mm -hmm. it was such a spiral of comparison, which is, which is not healthy, But at the time, it's so hard to pull yourself out of that because we are surrounded by so many amazing successful business owners. And, you know, of course, a lot of people say, oh, that's, you know, that should show you what's possible. But when you keep trying and feel like you're never getting there, it feels totally impossible. Yeah. And especially, like you said, when you've, you know, done all the work, you've put everything in place that you think will add up to a successful launch you've done the work it's just that the results don't seem to be coming and like you said with comparison you know during a launch I really do try and stay focused on my business and my business alone but over the past couple of months I have found myself deviating from that and in some ways it's like you're going looking to disappoint yourself you know if you know someone else is doing a launch at the same time as you to go and look at what they're doing and you know to see the stories where they're ticking the places off that they've got or putting the names on the walls and I don't know why we do it to ourselves because that's obviously never ever gonna make us feel better I I think we're hoping (laughs) you know to see that someone else is in that same place that we are and I guess it's down to whether other people are being completely transparent with how their launches are going as well and we can never we can never bet on that can we because we don't know what's going on inside someone else's business absolutely you know that's so true and I think we definitely do I know I find myself looking for those things when I'm already in a bad mood like just sort of it's like listening to a sad song when you're sad so that you feel like it, it just, mm-hmm. it's almost like you want to feel worse sometimes, which is, which is not good and not healthy. And I recognize that, but yeah, it's, it's just a difficult position to be in because you also want to be supporting everyone and cheering them on. But then like, it really upsets me that my re- gut reaction to some things is to congratulate my friends and then be like, well, why am I not achieving that? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's that's not good. I mean, I am I am working through some stuff on um, self doubt. I'm doing a program with my lovely friend Alicia, who's who's running a program at the moment all about self doubt and self belief. And I knew that I needed to look at that because I do tie so much of my own like worth and self-belief up in those external markers of success I think so it's definitely something that I'm working on but my god it's difficult (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is for sure so during the launch period I know you said that it was crickets you weren't getting that level of interest that you thought or hoped that you would how were you able to carry on during that launch period and how did you keep showing up day after day I mean, I definitely flied by the end because I was just like, well, there's no way anyone's going to buy now. Again, not really helpful as an attitude, but it's really hard not to think that. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of the advice is just keep going right until the very end. And you always hear these stories of people being like, oh, my God, five people signed up in the last minute. But (laughs) you just, so you've got this hope, but then at the same time, the rational part of me is like, well, I've not been having any conversations with it about it with anybody because no Mm -hmm. one showed any interest. Like no one's been talking to me about it. So 
where are these magical people going to come from at the 11th hour? Definitely, I mentioned my friend Alicia before, she used to live quite close to me in England and like lots of chats with her just literally would go on, because obviously we were still in lockdown at the time, we would go on walks and talk for hours about the whole situation and I, I just felt like I had to just execute the plan and I think in the past, in previous launches, I'd probably procrastinated or left things to the last minute because there's that idea of like well if I don't quite put 100% in then if it doesn't work like it's okay because I can try harder next time and that's the reason it didn't work Mm -hmm. but I genuinely felt with this one that I put absolutely everything that I had into it and it still didn't work so my brain was like well what's wrong this time like it just it felt really confusing because I was like but I have done 100% this time and that means it should work Mm -hmm. (laughs) which you know obviously isn't the case but it was just such a confusing time so from memory I mean that whole period is very hazy now in my mind but from memory I just kept talking about it I did send follow-up emails to the people that I did discovery calls with but heard nothing which was really upsetting because I'd love to just hear maybe like no, thank you. I actually cannot do this right now. Mm -hmm. It's out of my price range or whatever, like just something to acknowledge that like, or maybe say why it's not for you. Like, yes, it would hurt to hear that, you know, X, Y, Z was wrong with it, but at least that would give me something to work Mm -hmm. off. So just having like no contact felt really, really bad. Like no one likes being ghosted, whether (laughs) it's on Tinder or in your business. (laughs) So yeah, it was, I think I just kept showing up, but then like completely crumbled afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing as well. You just need to give yourself that time to process, don't you? And I think even whether a launch has gone well or whether it's not gone as well as you hoped, you still kind of need that time for reflection afterwards, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of people who are more successful than I am build that into their launches as well that that time to sort of decompress and regroup afterwards and I Mm -hmm. think if you're quite introverted as well and you're trying to show up on stories and be really present then you definitely need that time to like just chill afterwards regardless of the outcome yeah definitely so obviously you know this experience not your confidence at the time how have you kind of worked to build it back up again after this Well, I mean, you can probably tell I'm still not super confident in a lot of things. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, you know, that's something that I'm working on in my whole life. Like I said, with, um, with Alicia, like building that self-belief and, and trying to look into some of the deeper reasons why maybe I doubt myself and don't trust myself and my abilities as much. Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at, you know, all my packages. And I think it was actually Alicia who said, you know, why don't you have a look at like combining the blogging and podcasting side to do sort of content mentoring as a whole, which is, which is what I've done. And I've kind of gone back and created more of a bespoke package rather than a a program or a course that follows the same outline for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I went back and obviously forced time off because we were moving, but I also by that point didn't really have any ongoing clients which which was part of the problem, <laughs> why I needed to launch. Yeah. So in that time off, went back, like right back to the beginning and looked at, you know, like 
what's my mission statement and I redid like all my website copy I went back and did market research and looked at how I wanted to change everything and I also tried to read back through my old testimonials I tried to actually put them on my website because I didn't have them on there before which was a big (laughs) no-no so do that but when I was reading back through them like trying to reaffirm to myself that actually yes you do have something valuable to offer people you are skilled and I mean it feels weird even saying that because I feel like I shouldn't be saying that about myself but you know I was just trying to reaffirm that you know other people have found this helpful and, and you can help people and here's the proof of that so that really helped but honestly it's still it's still a process and I think building confidence generally is a process and I don't know whether I don't know what it would take for me to actually but like part of me wants to say oh if I if I launch something and got you know all my people in 24 hours then I'd feel confident but I think we know that even then you find something else to sort of kind of be down on yourself about Mm -hmm. which is why I'm also really glad to be doing sort of the mindset and the actual coaching work because clearly I need I know that I need to detach myself from the outcome and I find that so hard Mm -hmm. yeah it is so hard when it's your business you know you do feel so personally involved and when things don't go well it does feel like a huge setback and you know, from my experience as well, you kind of assume that at some point it will get easier, like running a business will just get easier at some point. But the past two years have probably been the hardest that I've experienced so far. You know, there's been so many changes and so many transitions and it constantly feels like, you know, you're having to switch things up and yeah, it's just tough basically. And I know at this point you're a year or two into business as well. So I don't know whether you're feeling the same, you know, like when will this get easier and yeah, <laughs> having these kind of points that are real setbacks, like you just mentioned, you know, you didn't have any active clients at that point. So no money coming in, it can feel like what have I worked so hard over the past couple of years for to get to this point where you kind of feel like you're back at square one I guess yeah and I definitely feel like I mean as with most things right we feel like our growth or our progress should be linear this linear progression upwards so like oh my god I signed my first client yay so now I should earn x amount and then like once you've hit that it's like well now I should have x number of clients and now I should have a launch with this many people Mm -hmm. And that's how my I will I will just naturally progress. But obviously life doesn't work like that. And you know, maybe it does it does seem to for some people and they probably have setbacks that they're not showing us. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just got lucky and they had a really easy run of it because everybody's journey is different. And I've still probably had an easy run compared to other people. So you know, we're all on our own personal journeys. But I do think just in general, we think whether it's, you know, weight loss, grief, relationships, getting over a breakup, anything in life, we're like, yes, so I should progress. And this should be my one path. And there will never be any deviating from that path. But life is really messy. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And you can't put a timestamp on anything, you know, getting to X level in your business or getting over a disappointing launch and, you know, improving your self-confidence. They're always going to be ongoing things, aren't they, that you're constantly working on. So once you'd kind of gone back to the drawing board a little bit and rejigged your 
packages and done some market research. How did it feel going back out there with these offerings? Were you nervous about it? So nervous. I was nervous to put myself out there, but I felt like the packages and the the copy felt a lot more like professional. I felt really proud to show it off and say, yes, this is my website. Here's what I can offer. Because I felt like I put so many hours into writing those sales pages and I put so much strategy into everything. And I'd really gone hard on that. So I felt confident in that sense. Like I know that that's good. But at the same time, like, honestly, I still feel quite scared. I still have that self-doubt. You know, I think, again, with anything that we do, whether it's, you know, launching a newsletter or launching a blog or launching a new product or, you know, just saying, hey, we're in business now, even though you're telling yourself, don't expect too much. I don't know about you, but there's still part of me that's like, but maybe you'll get like a bunch of new inquiries and then you'll fill up everything overnight. (laughs) Like there's just this little part of you that's like, well, such and such did it and they had like viral success and now now they're selling out everything. And so I think there was still some disappointment there for me that I was like, oh, I didn't get anything. Like no one was like, hey, I want to talk to you about this or hey, this looks great. I mean, people said it looked great, which is lovely, but no one was like, oh, these new packages look great and I'd love to talk to you about working with you on XYZ. Mm -hmm. And like full transparency, I've not had any discovery calls since I put those packages up. So it's not like people have suddenly seen that on the website and they're like, oh my God, let's book her immediately. I mean, if you're listening, hi. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, all my potential leads, especially the, I added some content creation services where I sort of can do the blog writing for you or with you, I like to say, because I feel like it is really collaborative, Um, which as you know, Jess, was some of the first freelance services I did, but I've always done them word of mouth. Yeah. So it's the first time I've really offered that as a package. And so any leads that I've had from that have literally all come from previous people I've worked with or people I've known. And that's me following them up and saying, which again, out of my comfort zone to be like, hi, I think that this service might work for you. But you know, it's still, I still genuinely have a lot of self-doubt whenever I see people being like, oh, I'm having a discovery call today. There's part of me that's like, well, they have a discovery call with someone every week where no one's asking to talk to you about your services, like Mm -hmm. what's happening. So it's still very much an ongoing process. I mean, at least I feel like the website is much better now, that my services are clearer, that my copy is really good. I think (laughs) I feel good about it, but I definitely feel like I put out posts that are those like more sales focused posts and still I'm not getting any inquiries and stuff like that. And there's still part of me that's like, well, what's going to happen? And I know it takes time to build. I absolutely, I know. And actually, you know, I've worked with people before who've literally never interacted with my stuff before, but then have said, I want to work with you. So like, we never know who's out there watching, Mm -hmm. but it's hard when you feel like you're just putting all that stuff out there into a void and you're like, when will I get anything back? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think it's so nice to hear that more realistic view that putting something new out there doesn't automatically mean you get five signups or you sell out that group program or, you know, there's not always this 
automatic response. I mean, let's be honest, most times no one cares. They're like, cool, great that you're doing that. And you'll have like people who are lovely and cheering you on, but won't buy from you because they're like peers rather than the people that you're helping. Mm -hmm. And that support is lovely. But then it's, (laughs) yeah, it's it most most people most of I guess most of the people that you're launching to will just be like, cool, you've got a new service. That's great for you. Yeah, especially with how, I guess, the business landscape is now in that, you know, Instagram is a, is a platform where you can connect with other business owners, you know, you're building your community. On Instagram, there's the people who are there just to support you, probably. There's the people who are there because they're interested in learning from you and from your content. And then there's the people who are kind of there and are quite serious about wanting to work with you or wanting to buy from you. And yeah, like you said, there can be some of that, not fake interest, but you know, that kind of flurry of, oh, this is exciting, but I'm never going to buy from you. (laughs) And you're like, yes, maybe, maybe I'll do it this time. But you know, and I I totally, there is absolutely a place for that lovely community. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love it I love it so much and there's absolutely also a place for people who just want to there are so many people I follow who I probably won't ever buy from but I find their free content really valuable Mm -hmm. such a place for that but obviously as business owners we need to make some money otherwise we're not going to be able to keep doing any free content and that's where you know people again like will say oh this was really helpful and I'm like that's great but i I probably can't ever do this again mm-hmm. because I'm I can't I'm gonna have to get another job like I can't do this so yeah it's just like it's hard having that balance between knowing that you want to serve people with free content and it's okay that they'll never be in a position to buy but also uh, actually earning money to live so you can keep doing the free content mm-hmm. and it's not just like some thing that you give away for free like all the time yeah definitely and I think there's always the advice there that you want to be creating and launching products or services, you know, that people want and people need and that they're asking you for. And I suppose with my recent experience of doing a launch that wasn't successful, you know, I asked people beforehand, is this something that you need help with? Does this sound like something you want? And, you know, you're getting all the right answers. You're hearing people say, yes, yes that sounds great very interested you go along you do the work you launch the thing and then no one signs up or you get very little interest and you're thinking well I thought I had the interest there that's why I created this thing but it you know is it just too easy to be able to vote on a poll and say yes I am interested in that thing or yes I would be willing to sign up but actually going through with it and committing is like a very different thing I guess Yeah, exactly. And that was exactly my experience. Like I'd done so much research in putting the program together, talking to lots of people who said they were interested. And same with when I changed it as well from a group program to a one-on-one that was based on conversations I had with people who hadn't wanted to sign up during the second launch period and going, okay, how can I, you know, change this to fit what people want? So you know, I was trying, again, like I said, I was like following all the rules in inverted commas, like Mm -hmm. of what we're told to do, to do that market research, to find those things. And it sounds like you did exactly the same thing, but then, yeah, you launch something and you're just like, oh, okay, no, this didn't, Mm -hmm. this didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And with the launch that I'm referring to, it was 
back in September, I was going to do a challenge. So it was called Reset Your Routine and it was going to be like a 30-day challenge to help people get back on track with their routines after the summer period. And, you know, it sounded like something that people wanted. Everyone had been out of routine, feeling quite sluggish throughout August and, and July and, you know, felt ready to feel a bit more motivated and have more structure in their lives. And it was like a low price point as well. So, you know, it wasn't a huge commitment. And I think, again, that's just another thing to beat ourselves up about, isn't it? You know, you can see other business owners selling £1,000 programs and getting multiple people signed up. And you're thinking, why can't I sell this £35 one month commitment challenge? And I ended up selling, I think it was three spaces, something like that. Just, you know, I just couldn't justify doing the work for that level of income you know it was it would have been a lot of work mm. and you adding on to that level of like embarrassment I suppose having to go out to those people and say I really appreciate your support but unfortunately I haven't had the level of take-up to make it worthwhile running so you know hopefully at some point in the future I'll do it again but that was not not great for the um ego I suppose and yeah, yeah it's it's tough and I have full belief in the product and I really want to do it again at some point but the past experience is kind of a bit of a hang-up and does come back to like kick you in the bum every time you think about doing it again <laughs> Definitely. There's that nasty little voice in your head that's like, it didn't work last time. And I can totally relate as well to, you know, launching something then at a lower price point, because as we speak, I'm not sure when, when this is going live, but you know, I'm promoting a workshop that I wanted to do before the end of the year. And that very much came from me feeling like I finally had some spark back in my business after, you know, moving for people who don't follow me and don't know me like I loved England so much moving um leaving the life that we had there even with COVID and everything was such a huge upheaval it's been so incredibly difficult to come back to the home that I grew up in while I was overseas my dad went into care so we had to clean everything out of the house and then you know in that time as well my dad passed away so there was all this stuff that just piled on and obviously the business was not a priority I was working with two clients at the time who have been working with me and supporting me throughout and they're wonderful but it really wasn't a priority and I didn't have the mental health space to be showing up every day and then there was a point at which it was like a switch flicked and suddenly I was like I feel excited to sit down at my desk again and it wasn't me forcing myself back into work but I just was like yep okay I feel happy and excited for this. And then I started to get these ideas around doing a workshop. And it was like, you know, when you just get an idea and you're like, yeah, this would be really fun. Yeah, I'd really like to do this. And I love live workshops and stuff. I love doing things like live over Zoom. And I'd done a similar workshop earlier in the year with my friend Fiona. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the way that she sort of put it together. So where it's like interactive, it's over a couple of hours with breaks. So you're actually doing the exercises as you're learning about them, which I need because otherwise I will just buy it and forget about it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, right, I'm going to put this together. And it felt so exciting. And it still feels exciting to have come up with this idea. And like, finally, I'm like, yeah, I feel like a bit of the old me is back. This is great. And, you know, I put together a plan to promote it over three weeks. And, you know, I'm like one week in. And again, like, it's that thing where you're like, oh, yeah, I see other people doing 
low cost workshops and selling out, or I see them doing high cost things and selling out. And so maybe if I try a low cost thing, maybe then people want to work with me. Maybe it was the price. So I'll make it really accessible. And as we speak, it's a week and a half in and I have zero sales. And workshops are a different beast entirely from high cost investments. I mean, I hold my hand up. I am guilty of opening, you know, that Eventbrite page or that sales page multiple times and not having my credit card handy mm-hmm. to put the details in. So I keep telling myself that and I'm like, just keep going. But it's really hard because you're like, oh, yeah, again, it's that monster of I didn't want to get my hopes up, but somewhere deep down in the back of my mind, I sort of have my hopes up that I at least get like one or two. Cause you yeah. see people posting like their email inbox with all the things and you're like, that could be me. And then it just doesn't happen. And you're like, I've like checked the link. I'm like, is is my email broken? Like, is this? Nope, it's really not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's. It is really, it is really, really tough. And it, it's a shame because I was, I am still so excited to talk about this workshop. And I really hope that people want to work with me. Not, it's, it's not about the income at this stage. Like I have some regular clients now. Genuinely, I was like, just really excited. And I voice noted a friend who's in business and she was like, I can hear how excited you are about this concept. And it was just nice to feel that again after like six months of feeling like absolute crap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, like, you know, jury's still out. We'll see what happens. But as well, it is that sense of like in the back of my mind, like, oh, what if this doesn't sell and then I have to do a post saying oh ignore all that didn't sell yeah no like then people are gonna are they gonna think oh well I won't bother buying from her in the future like it just brings up so many different emotions and you doubt like literally everything in your business and I'm sure that you know people listening to this are probably like well it sounds like it's shit being in business Mm -hmm. (laughs) and honestly sometimes it is sometimes it is it, it really is sometimes. <laughs> and I this this whole sort of situation, this whole last few months has made me wonder entirely whether am I cut out for this? Does this just is this successful for other people and not for me? Like, is this mm-hmm. just something that I don't have the secret magic to do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that ties into what I was saying before. You can build resilience, you know, as you get more experience in business. And I think I've definitely done that, but there does come that point where you're just like, I just need that breakthrough now. You know, I just need to feel as though this is going in the right direction because at the moment the world is so strange and, you know, adapting back to how things used to be, I guess. There has been a definite shift in like interest and it's been hard to adapt to that and accept that things aren't the same now as they were 12 months ago and that's great in some respects that we're getting back to normal you know in a business sense it has been hard to see last year's kind of inflated success in some way and then compare it to this year and I think post-launch if things haven't gone well you feel in that disappointment you've got that self-doubt yeah those are usually the times for me that it creeps in and think would it just be easier to get a job you know go back into employment I've got regular salary you know I don't have to feel so low when things go wrong because it's not all on me and I think that's the time when 
you said before there was some guilt in terms of like not bringing money into the partnership and into the house and things like that and you can look at your partner or whoever it is that you live with friends family and think gosh it would be a bit easier wouldn't it and Adam says it all the time you know I work harder than he does but (laughs) he has a well-paid job and he gets to enjoy having a nice salary and here I am slogging away but I'm hoping that it all works out you know it all pays off in the end and you get to make the most of the other perks that come with working for yourself so hopefully it all balances out somewhere. I I do hope so and look like like I said, like the last six months have been incredibly difficult with a lot of grief and mental health. And I literally could not have worked a full-time job because I just couldn't cope. And like, how lucky am I that I'm in a position to be able to say that because so many people aren't in that position. And I realize that this comes from an incredibly privileged position of me being able to say, yes, my partner supports our household bills and things like that. Like that's incredibly. And you know, like he is in a better paying job now than he was in England because the mining industry in Australia gives his position, you know, artificially inflated like salaries that, you know, we just didn't get in England. So he was very much like, it's okay. You don't need to stress about this. You don't need to go and find a job at a supermarket just just to get by because we're okay. So don't stress, just take the time you need. And like, I, I needed that. I needed that time and still like I sometimes just need to have a little nap in the day because I'm a bit stressed, you know, like, mm-hmm. whew, you know, it's been it's been a it's been a tough time. and I'm still dealing with a lot of admin related to my dad's death and stuff like that. You're not always able to deal with when you're working a full time job. But like for full transparency, I have been looking to get back into reporting less for the money, to be honest, and more just to to enjoy and feel that sense of like success in my career again um, because I did feel so skilled and feel like I was, you know, I I had had quite a few promotions and, and things as a journalist. But And I remember last time I spoke to you on the podcast way back when I first moved to the UK and you started the podcast saying how stressful parts of my job were and I've deliberately like not gone back to my old employer for that reason. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got some casual and like temporary work with a different like agency and stuff and hopefully that will be a little less pressure day to day but still have the excitement of of being in the newsroom and stuff and like that's only going to grow my skills as someone who can mentor others and actually even though you know I sort of said to them I've been out of work for two years and I've not been in the newsroom for two years they want people who have that online knowledge. So the fact that I spent those two years getting to grips with like SEO headlines and things like that is actually going to serve me well in both. So I know that like doing this will help me personally, will help me professionally. Hopefully it means that I can bring those new skills into what I'm doing. I do really want to continue with my business, but I needed just, you know, even a few days a week just to help, yeah, bring some money in so that I felt like I was contributing because we've got like a wedding to save for and stuff Mm -hmm. and to just feel that like professional achievement again I guess and to take the pressure off me being like oh my god I need to be doing xyz to bring in money so that's like full transparency is something that I've I have looked at and will be will be doing especially over the quieter like upcoming sort of Christmas 
period where work generally for us slows down a lot because I'm not in a position financially with my business where I can just be like, cool, I'm not doing anything for two months. Like I need to be looking to bring in some income and stuff and that's that's absolutely fine. But yeah, I guess it's just it's just one of those things, isn't it, where, you know, we come we say this from quite a privileged position where we can take time to work on our business and it's okay if it doesn't work straight away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are so many other people who don't have that luxury and who might not be able to continue working on their business if it's not making any money or the money that they need. So they have to go back to a different job. And maybe that means that they can't work on their business at all, even as like a side hustle. And obviously that probably, I mean, I'm, you know, not an expert on this, but I would say it leads to less diversity amongst the business Mm -hmm. community as well, which is not really a good thing. So I guess like I literally have no solutions. I'm just pointing out problems, <laughs> but there there comes a point for all of us where we go, okay, how many times do I keep trying? How many times do I keep changing things? And when do I just decide to do something else? When do I decide it's not for me? And I guess, oh my gosh, this is turning into a therapy session, Jess. <laughs> I guess one of the other things that I maybe have some concerns about then in the business community is... Obviously, I know mindset can be incredibly powerful, affirmation can be powerful and stuff, but I guess I then started doubting like, well, did I just not have the right mindset? Did I let myself down? Is this my fault? And I think sometimes there can be a lot of shame that's brought up in that. And I think those who do practice things around mindfulness and around mindset and things like that really need to be trauma-informed and aware of the sort of language that they're using because it can so easily become just another stick to beat yourself up with to be like well if only my mindset was better this would have gone better and that sometimes there are really practical reasons why it didn't work out Mm -hmm. and it's not just always that you didn't believe in yourself enough yeah absolutely and I feel like we've been a little bit doom and gloom but it's just it's just reality isn't it and I think that's what is missing a lot of the time and I know or hope that there's lots of business owners listening who can relate to the conversation that we've been having today and it does help them to feel less alone and like they're not the only ones who aren't selling out group programs or having six-figure launches because it just isn't the case across the board and what do you think we as a business community can do to help support one another more around this topic moving forward? I mean I do think and I do hope that speaking about it when you're in the midst of it is a really good place to start Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people that I admire and look up to may talk about stuff that's happened in the past but when you are in that moment and you're like well I literally earn no money from my business so it's so unrelatable for you to say that you once had a failed launch where you earned three thousand dollars instead of twenty thousand like that's so unrelatable for me Mm -hmm. because I've literally got zero (laughs) Yeah. So I think actually talking about it when you're going through and you're muddling through this and I hope that, I mean, like I said, I'm really anxious to have people hear this because it is me oversharing everything, but hopefully it's helpful. Like I literally have no solutions to this mm-hmm. because it's in the middle at the moment and my business isn't the sort of on paper success or, you know, like financial success or, 
you know, that allows me to not worry about income and things like that. And I, I definitely don't replace what my old salary was. I never have, never, ever have. And it would take a lot to get to that point. And it probably will also involve me doing some casual days and that combining to be my income, I would think. But I, I just think talking about it now before you've hit those success points and say, ah, oh, yes, I once had a failed launch. Like no shade to anyone who's done that because I do also think it's great to see how people have bounced back and it is proof. But I just think as well when, when you've just experienced it, you're just like, well, maybe that worked for you. <laughs> so I think sharing those experiences when they happen is a good place to start. And I also do think that, you know, if you, like me, find it really uncomfortable when people focus all their marketing around how much money you could make or how much money they make, then unfollow them. And I think if that's the sort of, if you are one of those businesses who relies 100% on that, just maybe think about the impact that that has on people. Like, yes, you might be hitting your income goals, but like, what's the legacy then that you're leaving behind? Because for me, it sort of creates some shame around things. And I know that a lot of people will probably say that it's empowering for women to talk about money and to want this money. And, and that's wonderful. I do get that. But it also, when you're not at that point, can feel quite shameful. And it definitely, obviously, we've talked a lot about, you know, we do want to earn money in our businesses. That's why we're in business. It's not a hobby. We're here to make money to support ourselves. And that's fine. But I just think if your entire marketing rests on helping you make six figures in six months or whatever, like just doesn't, I don't know, something about that sits wrong for me. And so I'll often unfollow or mute those accounts. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just a personal preference of mine. Um, but I also don't have any answers because I'm in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's so true. And it's not a rollout formula, is it? Just because one person has been able to achieve this in their business doesn't mean that you'll be able to if you work with them either like it, there isn't a magic formula to this really it it's trial and error I suppose and you know it takes a lot of work and a lot of resilience a lot of trying and trying again yeah. trying again so yeah there definitely is never going to be a magic formula and you can't yeah try not to be drawn into that I suppose and we've got to remember too that obviously like a lot of people, especially I think who market in that way or who have those huge, huge successes probably aren't sharing the privilege that maybe accompanies that for them mm -hmm. because we all have certain privileges and, you know, for some people that might be the type of education they received. It might be the fact that they know someone who knows someone who can help them get these, you know, like there's so many different things and I think I actually just listened to a really interesting podcast called Maintenance Phase about Rachel Hollis who wrote the book Girls Wash Your Face I think and they were talking in that and I mean it is it is a real takedown of her <laughs> I've got to say so I'm sorry if you're a fan of her anyone but you know they were talking in there about how the way that sometimes she talks about her own businesses, you know, like I just got up and I put the work in and I got up early and I did this. And they were like, actually, like, if you look at the jobs that she had and the people who her husband knew through his high level job, there's actually a lot of opportunities that she got because of who she knew, not because she got up at 5am every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just something like, it's so easy to, for us all to 
look at that and think, oh my God, yeah, if I, if I do that, I mean, there's that saying, isn't there? Like everyone has 24 hours in the day, just like Beyonce. It's like, yeah, but not everyone has the wealth of Beyonce or the ability to delegate work. Like I'm sure Beyonce is not doing her own washing up like I have to. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it is a very different thing. So yeah, I think when we talk about launches and we talk about what a successful launch looks like in business, you know, I do, and I do try to be transparent with that and say, like I've said, you know, like Jack supports our family and I really, really want to be contributing and stuff, but I'm incredibly lucky that we're in that position. So I'm trying to like check my own privilege here with these things as well. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. I I get nervous even sharing my opinion on these things because I don't, please don't think that I'm criticizing you or criticizing anyone, but that's just sort of some things that I've sort of come to over the last few years. And that's only come through following people who are raising awareness about that and speaking out about some of the privileges surrounding certain marketing tactics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they can be really dangerous, you know, if they're promoting the idea that you just need to work harder, you know, you just need to get up early, you just need to put more hours in because we can do all of that stuff, but it doesn't automatically lead to success. Like you mentioned earlier on, you did the work for the launch, you put 100% in, but unfortunately the timing wasn't right. There's so many different factors that could have led to that outcome and not all of the responsibility is on your shoulders. And, you know, having that kind of mindset can be a dangerous path to go down because overworking can lead to burnout, you know, and then you won't have yeah. <laughs> won't have the capacity to work on your business. So, yeah, I think just being mindful of that. Yeah, exactly. And to start wrapping up, what advice would you give to anyone who is currently in the middle of a launch and maybe it isn't going the way that they had hoped? or perhaps they've reached the end of a launch period and aren't totally happy with how it's gone oh my god um (laughs) (laughs) any words of wisdom yeah no I did I did write down some things but like one of those was like well I don't even know because right now I'm in the middle of you know a promotional period that is not going as I intended so (laughs) help me out I think you do just have to follow through with the plan that you put in place and then review it you know have a look, try and change whatever you can. Like, again, I'm part of a, a business mentoring group membership and, you know, we've got a mastermind call in a few days and that's probably the halfway point for my promotional period. And I'm going to be taking that to them and saying, should I change anything? Should I just continue going? So I do think like give yourself time to start executing stuff, reassess, potentially change things if you need to. But all the advice I've been given is to try and see it through right until the very end and keep showing up and keep telling people about it and then evaluate at the end. Just just try and keep going with it. So that's what I always try to do. And then I, I think also like definitely try and review, even if like me, you'll feel really personally attached to it and you feel like, oh, like, but I did this and it's come from my brain. Like maybe, maybe if you have, you know, a friend who can be an accountability buddy who's also in business. And like, I recommend that regardless. That's why the co-working club is great, you know. But if you've got someone who can be an objective set of eyes and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe just help you see where maybe you could improve in the future. And I mean, I say this, not words of wisdom, because I'm still trying to do it. But like, I guess just trial and error, you've just got to keep seeing. And that's that's where I'm at at the moment is try something new, see how it goes. 
put yourself out there again and try not to be afraid. I mean, I guess the other thing too is that we talked before about that fear of showing up and, and saying, oh, this didn't work for me. And it's like, it feels like you've been asked to go up on stage at assembly and literally tell the whole crowd like, uh, hi, yeah, I failed that exam. Like it's really, it feels so nerve wracking, but actually I do think we need to remember just in life in general. And again, hold my hands up. I'm the worst at this, but people are so much less obsessed with us than we are. Like we are the main characters of our own story. And we think that everybody else is analyzing us, obsessing over us, worrying about what we're doing, judging us they're probably not. They're worried that that's happening to them as well. So if you've had that period, try to just pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Reassess in the background, but just try to show up again on on social media as normal. The advice I got given after the podcast Academy launch failed was, you know, don't feel like you have to say something straight away. Just, just put some normal content out there. And if you want to address it, address it. I ended up doing it in a newsletter because I felt like you know, email was a bit more personal. And then I put something up on on Facebook, not Facebook, Instagram. So yeah, I guess those would be my things like keep going to the end at the end, review it with a friend if you can, who can help you be kind, but objective. And just remember everybody else is thinking about themselves and worrying about their own business and Mm -hmm. not really worrying about you. And you just shouldn't be afraid. And you don't have to you know, the day after be like, well, that failed um, and come out like you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, exactly. That's brilliant advice. I hope it's helpful. I need to remember to do it myself. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I am not here being like, this is words like this is just what I'm trying to do. So, you know, please, you know, if you have better <laughs> suggestions, let me know because <laughs> it is literally I'm in that messy middle and I don't know when if I'll get out the other side of it and what that will look like. Maybe a whole life's just messy middle. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but we're all <laughs> muddling through it together at least. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. This chat has been quite cathartic. It's Aww. been a bit of a therapy session. It has. It has. I hope it hasn't been too negative. I hope we've included some yeah. helpful advice. And just, yeah, a little bit of reassurance that if you're going through a tough time in business as well, then it's totally normal. And I'm sure most of us can relate. Yeah. But yeah, I know that I've already asked you the famous podcast question, but I wonder, do you have a different answer this time? I can't remember exactly who was in my top three last time. But of course, now that I'm back in Australia, I desperately wish with all my heart that I could have in-person co-working with like the three people who are some of my best friends in life and also in business (laughs) you know they are the people I turn to and say this is doing horribly what is wrong with me (laughs) so the first is Alicia she can be found at Alicia K coach that's A-L-I-C-I-A-K-A-Y-E coach and I love her so much. Also absolutely love my friend Fiona Thomas, who is at Fiona Likes to Blog, and my wonderful friend and also that business coach that I mentioned that I hired way back when, this is how we met and became friends, Holly, who is at a branch of Holly. And yeah, those three like, oh my God, I wish I could just hug them again because I miss them all so, 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 so much. Just like 
yeah. I, why is Australia so far away from everything? It's not fair. Why is it? I mean, <laughs> I'll trade with you happily for like three months if you want to come on over. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. We'll do it. You can look Amazing. after Percy the pug. <laughs> with pleasure (laughs) amazing well thank you so much for joining me Michelle and for being so open and transparent I really really appreciate it because I know it's not an easy topic to chat about and open up about so yeah really appreciate that thank you so much thank you (laughs) bye bye if you enjoy this podcast please do subscribe so you keep up to date with all of future episodes And if you could possibly leave a review, it would really help us in this early stage of launching the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next Monday.